Train pitches up, hits him on the pad, looks very close. It's closer than close because the Blues finally get rid of the marathon man, Cameron Bancroft. A 262 ball marathon innings comes to an end and it was a cork of a delivery from Chris Tremaine. Angled in, wrapped him on the pads and he departs for a splendid 117. It's been coming for a long time for the Blues. They've had to toil and fight for a good part of today, just their third wicket. A very warm welcome to the latest edition of the Cricket Library Weekly. My name's Matt Ellis and joining me as always, Robbie McKinlay. Thanks so much for being a part of the show as always. Ah, uh, Matty, pleasure to be back. Uh, you know, just under the week this week, so that's fantastic. We're just trying to all catch up. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, look, happy happy World Cup week again. Another one, Matt. We are continuing to go from strength to strength over in the uh, the Shaky Isles. It's with a good win um, over the Windies, and yeah, look, it's just it's all looking good at the moment. It certainly is, Robbie. Australia four from four, South Africa three from three. I think that might have surprised a few people, but they're they're quite a quite a strong outfit, South Africa as well. Uh, big game for them coming up tomorrow morning against the New Zealanders, the hosts. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, we're recording this on a on a Wednesday night, so that'll be a Thursday morning game. Uh, for those that are listening, maybe a little bit after that. But the latter as it stands, Australia at the top on eight competition points, really strong net run rate. South Africa, six competition points. India on four competition points. I should mention, too, South Africa with a game in hand mm. and uh, New Zealand on four, West Indies on four, and England have had their first win of the tournament, Robbie. Champagne corks popping uh, at Matt Fiction's house. He was jovial uh, when those winning runs were hit earlier today. And Charlie Dean, player of the match, well done to her. A very impressive display with the ball. Four for 23, uh, routing India for 134 and uh, in England, chasing down the runs with plenty of time up their sleeve, just uh, 31 and a bit over. They would have been a little bit nervous having lost six wickets in that run chase, but getting the job done, Heather Knight, Sydney Thunder player, seeing them across the line, 53 not out. No surprise there. She was the star of the show, Robbie. Yeah, I guess in their favour is that they've still got a very good net run rate. Mm. When you look at that, so... That, that certainly does work well in their favour. Um, I still think that they might find a way in to get inside that top four. They'll be eyeing all five of the Kiwis or probably India because they did beat India today, so it's significant. So, um, yeah, but Australia, I think Australia's still the moment, the only ones you could guarantee, so they've definitely got their spot locked away in the semi-finals. Yeah, mind you, Australia to come have India, South Africa... Uh, you'd expect them to beat Bang- Bangladesh uh, in their final game. So, yeah, you'd think you could lock and load Australia to be participating in the semi-final stages of the tournament. And uh, probably that India-South Africa game, the final game of the regular part of the tournament, could determine some of yeah, those could too. final places. Because England, England's still with Pakistan and Bangladesh to play. 
as well as New, and New Zealand. Zealand. So mm. yeah, that that game yeah. probably looming. Uh, but I I can see England getting to at least six points, and then that game against New Zealand will be very crucial indeed. So uh, Australia riding high. What what have been your highlights for the Aussies, uh, Robbie? Oh, I think probably Rachel Haynes has had such a good tournament, hasn't she? Oh, one of you our know, favourite players here. Yeah, just so solid with the bat. Um, yeah, because there was a little bit of bother in that run chase against the Windies. They lost two quick wickets. Meg Lanning and, and Alyssa Healy were gone. But um, Haynes, is, yeah, just so solid. 83 not out of 95 balls, doing really well. But I did love, I must admit, the um, return of Ash Gardner. Oh. Was, oh, how good was that? 48 from 18 balls, Robbie. That was just destructive batting uh, at its finest. Wasn't it? It was just incredible. Um, because, yeah, we sort of needed a bit of a wriggle along too. Our, our, our run rate wasn't going that great. And then um, four fours, four sixes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's a great player. And once again, Talia McGrath dipping mm. in with runner ball 57 and Elise Perry 68. So, yeah. Now, look, they're in. Probably the only one is a little bit out of touch lately. It's just maybe Meg Lanning's missed out, but there's so much depth there. When you can afford to leave out Jess Jonathan, you know, you've got a pretty good side. Yeah, and and allow to bat Beth Mooney at number five. Mm. I think uh, Mooney at five, McGrath at six, Gardner at seven. So for Gardner to come in at seven and just crunch them yeah. like she did. And maybe, maybe a bit of fatigue having been – like. We've both had COVID ourselves, Robbie, and know the signs and yep. symptoms do carry over. And she, maybe she just thought, well, I'm going to save my legs here and I'm, I'm just going to deal in fours and sixes. <laughs> well, she, she dealt magnificently. If she was buying stocks, she, she chose wisely. So, um, <laughs> yeah. But that's a good point, though, too. Yeah, because we, we do know, and that's a common thread with people getting over that. I've spoken to a lot of people, yeah. It's just if you have, you just got to just let it take its course, I suppose. Yeah, that's right. I, I I stand in awe of the players that have come back so quickly from uh, recovering from from the virus yep. because it is it it's different for everyone, I guess. And I guess um, time will tell uh, how how well Ash Gardner is recovered, but certainly looked very impressive in that one. And while that's all going on, Robbie, back at home in Australia, the prestigious Women's National Cricket League competition, they play for the Ruth Pretty Trophy. It's Tasmania sitting on top of the table after a very impressive win over New South Wales earlier this week. I really enjoyed the commentary on that one. I must say uh, Jack Clifton and Michelle Gosgo in the mix there as well as... uh, Marianne Henderson on debut. Yes, she was great. I did. I heard a bit of that. I was very impressed with her. So, um, yeah, the Tigers up on top there. That's uh, they set that up with a good win over New South Wales. So, there's only three teams that can play in the final now. Um, well, yeah, I'm pretty. Yes, yeah, Queensland would have to do some extraordinary things because the only side they could tip out would be New South Wales Breakers and. I don't think that's going to happen. They have to win both games almost with double bonus point, with a bonus point, yeah. uh, and even then their run rate. So, but South Australia is interesting one. They've got they. Uh, I saw them in action yesterday. They had a good win over the Meteors. Now they play them again on uh, Friday. You, now, you'll be calling the action at that one as well, will you, Robbie? We'll be at that one. Yes, uh, be joined by um, 
Michael Minns will be there. Um, oh. Damien Watson. Yeah, just, can, so. can I can I just give a shout out to Michael Minns, MT Minns, uh, avid listener of the Cricket Library podcast. He was sporting his Cricket Library T-shirt in commentary on the weekend. I know. His, so, I his social capital oh. would have been going through the roof. The players, the officials would have been thinking, is that a library staff member there? Oh. I could When I saw him wearing I said, oh, no, where was the email, Michael? I would have done it. <laughs> well, he's done the same thing. I was told Matt Fiction passed that information on to him and oh. it was meant to get to you, Robbie, but it didn't. So um, well done, Minzy, for repping, oh. repping the library uh, and <laughs> looking forward to more of his commentary. Really great. And, and natural, isn't he, uh, Minzy, oh, good. behind the microphone? Very insightful, excellent work. And, but, yeah, the, the Scorpions can still make it, Matt. So, yes, they beat the Meteors again. Then they've got uh, Victoria in their last game. And that would sit them up on, well, so they didn't get about 26 points, which would be equal to the Tasmanian Tigers. And if the Tigers were to lose their, their, uh, their game, I think they might have. I think the Tigers might have played their last game, actually. Uh, uh, they've got off, one. Yeah. They've got one tomorrow, I think. Oh, sorry, tomorrow. Tomorrow, yes, yes. They got Victoria tomorrow. So the Tigers just need to win that to ensure that they can still make it. Because if the Tigers lose their last game and the Scorpions win both of them, they will jump over the top of them, and then they would both sides would need New South Wales breakers to lose their last game against Queensland. So. Um, yeah, there's still a bit to play out in the um, in the Ruth Pretty Trophy. And I do need to issue a formal apology to Emma Dubrow from South Australia. I've been watching her closely, and during the game against the ACT Meteors, uh, I sent you a message, Robbie, yes. saying how impressive Emma Dubrow was, and the Cricket Library Weekly curse struck. And she was dismissed. So sincere apologies. Uh, I won't say any more about how great a technique I think she's got. I won't say more about how impressed I was with her in the first couple of innings that I saw her play because I do not want the Cricket Library Weekly curse to fall any further on her. A a, a great young talent. Bit of uh, a hockey background, is that right, Robbie? for the first time live yesterday um, and she was very impressive. Got a beautiful technique. Only very slight girl, but yep. um, he had used a lot of timing and got out to a really good catch by Annie Wickman down on the deep square leg boundary. So, But um, I really enjoyed watching, you know, obviously with the, all the, the senior players, the top tier players away in New Zealand with the World Cup, I've really enjoyed watching what's emerging and what's coming through at that next level. And I can tell you, you know, I saw Courtney Webb back beautifully yesterday. Uh, she was fantastic. JC Dooley, mm-hmm. uh, a couple of good bowlers there. Um, uh, Ellie Falconer, yep. very impressive uh, young South Australian. So, yeah, there's plenty of good talent there. Um, uh, another one that Olivia Porter from ATT looks like she's going to be a really good player. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot there, Matt. And it, we're just so lucky we've got this competition. And, you know, it's, we're getting exposure for these um, talented players. So they are ready. When then when the when the senior group come back, they just become even better players. So it's a fantastic uh, pathway what's put in place at the moment. Yeah, absolutely, Robbie. And 
Uh, we're we're going to take a quick quick break at the moment. Uh, when we come back, we'll have a look at the men's domestic cricket, uh, the Sheffield Shield going on at the moment. A few covers uh, required down there at Bankstown today, uh, but we'll, we'll wrap up what we've seen so far of the action. You're tuned in to the Cricket Library Weekly. Hey, everyone. This is Scott Flash Norton here. Hey, guys. Rachel Priest here. Hi, this is Renee Farrell, and you are listening to the Cricket Library Weekly with Robbie McKinlay and Matty Ellis. And it's just too sweet. We are back on the Cricket Library Weekly, and we know a lot of our loyal listeners are Sheffield Shield, Marsh Sheffield Shield aficionados, as we are, and we've been loving the four-day action. But my word, Robbie, hasn't it been wet in... On the East Coast, I, I was talking to my parents today, avid listeners of the, the podcast, I might say. Good evening, mum and dad. Uh, but they were telling me today that they've had 16 consecutive days of rain at their incredible. place. That's incredible for February, March, isn't it? Like, that's all of March. That's awesome. Oh, we, yeah. yeah. It's just as, like, I've been calling some games of cricket in Melbourne and They've been defending their weather, and they quite rightly. <laughs> people who say, don't talk about northern weather. Yeah, it can change, but the, and I think you showed a test match to show in Australia the most uh, dis- disrupted test cricket venues in Australia is actually at the Sydney Cricket Ground. So, yeah. yeah. But, um, but Matty, getting back to the Marsh Sheffield Shield, the interesting fact, we were talking about this later, it is a little bit hard to work out with so many teams that have so many differentios. Yeah. Differentials at the moment, right? But one thing I can tell you is like South Australia have played seven games, haven't won a match. They've lost only two games. They've yeah. drawn five, right? But the other five teams have all had two wins. Now, you look at Victoria, Victoria had two wins and three draws. They haven't lost a game. Every other side apart from Victoria have lost two games. Every other side, apart from South Australia, have won two games. So yeah. that just shows you it is very hard to work out at the moment. We need that to play out a little bit more yet before we get a top two. Yeah, and uh, still plenty to be played out. That Shield game, uh, congratulations to Cameron Bancroft, uh, 117 for him. Gee, the ball was sounding good off his bat. Mm. The just the I only saw bits and pieces of it. I was I was heavily occupied with work commitments and um, didn't get to catch too much of this. But great to see Cameron Bancroft back in the runs. A couple of wickets for Edwards, a wicket for Tremaine. It'll be interesting to see how that that one does play out, uh, whether the weather will clear or not. It does look like it is very wet down there in Sydney at the moment. And then if we'll, um, we'll, will we see a Jeff Lawson-esque type declaration? New South Wales come out. Um, let's say Western Australia say so declare overnight. New mm. South Wales say righto, we'll come out. They bat two overs. They declare it none but ten. Western Australia go back in, make 150. New South Wales chase 360 for victory. Could that happen? It's very interesting you mentioned that Jeff Lawson esque declaration because that actually gets mentioned in my book. Does it now? Yeah, there's a little bit of intel around that. Well, not intel. There's there's, there's a little bit of. Um, Information around that game. It was actually David. It was actually David Friedman's first class debut. Oh, 
Freddie Friedman. Yeah, New South Wales v Tasmania. If you want to know more about it, buy the book. <laughs> it's pretty simple. Just get, get the book in your hand. Just get yourself a copy. I'm not going to elaborate any more on that Jeff Lawson declaration. You're going to have to. You're just going to have to buy the book or or Google the internet. You might find out. But um, okay. uh, Travis Dean, a hundred unbeaten hundred for Victoria today on the back of Tasmania making 355 in their first innings. Ben McDermott. Uh, very close to an elusive hundred there, uh, ninety four for him, sixty one for Matthew Wade, uh, Ben Menenti, a handy nineteen yeah. not out down there, and four wickets each for Todd Murphy and Johnny Holland, doing a good the job. Spin twins, the spin twins. The boy, Todd Murphy, I'll tell you now, Matt. I'll, you've heard it first here. He will be our next off spinner that will take when Gary Lyon, Nathan Lyon. Finishes. Todd Murphy is the incumbent. There you go. Oh, there you go. I can see social media exploding uh, when Todd Murphy makes his test debut, and we yep. we bring out this audio, and people are saying, "Who's Todd Murphy?" And we're going, "Come on, guys! We revealed this exclusively on the sixteenth yep. of March, two thousand and twenty-two." Um. Also, Robbie Sam Harper, forty-two, not out. Good to see him. Um, making runs once again at the first-class level for Victoria. Handy runs, Matty, because the Vicks were in a little bit of trouble there at uh, four for 110. Mm. Um, so, yeah, he's a good player. Probably a little bit out of touch a bit, Sammy Harper, this year, but that's good for him. But has uh, he got a chance here to get amongst that tail? That, that was, that's really um, stopped him in their tracks a bit. That one's set up for a good finish, I believe. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, of course, cricket.com.au is the place to catch all the Mars Sheffield Shield action. Uh, just And just having a look ahead, Robbie, to what is left in the season, we've got Tassie due to play Queensland on the starting on the 23rd of March. South Australia taking on New South Wales starting again on the 23rd of March. And has McGowan opened the gates? To the Whacker. <laughs> Mark McGowan has opened the gates and we have Marsh Sheffield Shield at the Whacker Ground in Perth on the 23rd of March. I think Dylan would have would have put his annual leave in. I'd say my brother's put his annual leave in and that would have to be a packed house. Sheffield Shield cricket back at the Whacker. Well, you'd like to think it will be, Matt. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it will. Yeah, but it might not they, be. Um, well, they might get action there a week later with the Sheffield Shield final. If Western Australia stay on top, Yeah, um, well. they could well be. And it could well be the two teams. They might play back-to-back games there, Western Australia and Victoria. So, and it, well, it could even be a situation where they get to that game where that no other result can happen. And, yeah, that's, that's interesting. So, yep. the Dicks might be... The Victorians might be staying in the uh, West for a little while. And just as a side note, how often would it have been that you've had WBBL champions, BBL champions, Marsh One Day Cup champions? Ooh. Uh, they're not really in line for the Ruth Pretty Trophy, are they, the the Western no. Australians. So so that'd be the one that they may miss, but they're still hotly in contention for the Marsh Sheffield Shield. So to be a chance of getting four out of the five available senior men's and women's titles mm. would be a, a, a massive achievement for Western Australian cricket 
particularly given the situation they've had in and around border closures and restrictions yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to seeing how this Sheffield Shield season uh, plays out with the final scheduled for the 31st of March and looking forward to that. When we come back, Robbie and I will wrap up all the action from the second test between Australia and Pakistan. You're tuned in to the Cricket Library Weekly. Well, last but not least on the Cricket Library Weekly this week, and the reason why this is last is because it was still happening when we started recording, Robbie, and we didn't start recording five days ago, but certainly... We have let the game run its course and a draw, but an enthralling draw, Robbie. Yeah, absolutely, Matty. Look, uh, who said draws aren't exciting? I thought this was a fantastic five days of test cricket. It went right to the end. And uh, in the end, uh, Barbara's arm, 196 in that second innings, just missed his double ton. Mohamed Rizwan, 104, not out. He was a great um, support there. And also at the top of the order, Abdul Shafiq in that second innings, 96 he made. But, and they are the only three players out of the nine players who went to the crease, Matt, who got above double figures. It's quite That's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. Incredible looking scoreboard. But um, the, the, what, the stat that I really like out of that, um, Barbara Azam's innings is now the highest ever score by a captain in a fourth innings of a test match. Wow. And I know you've got a couple other little stats. Well, I think the Orange Library was just fucking <laughs> through. I don't think the Orange Library uh, will sleep at all tonight. Just just some of the stuff that we've had already uh, straight after the conclusion of play here. Most balls faced to save a test in the fourth innings. Pakistan, 1,030 balls faced <laughs> against Australia. The only time there's been more than that was when there was a 10-day te- test match. It was a timeless test. It went for 10 days. Uh, and that was when England faced 1,746 balls in the final innings against South Africa. So incredible stuff from Pakistan there. One- wonderful uh, for them. Uh, it's the sixth highest fourth innings total in Test cricket history as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey, Maddie, you mentioned I- that. Um, you mentioned that timeless test. That is just one of the great statistical things in cricket. <laughs> that game, South Africa made five hundred and thirty. They batted first, and then England were all out for three hundred and sixteen. Then South Africa made four hundred and eighty-one. Right. So the target set was six hundred and ninety-six. England were heading for victory at five to six hundred and fifty-four. Right, they only needed another uh, another forty-three runs for victory, but they had to go because World <laughs> War Two was starting to heat up, and they had to get a, the last ship out, basically, um, out of Durban. That's incredible. So away they went. Away they went, and um, yeah, it, it was just amazing. One, one of my favourite cricket. Just incredible. There's some. If you get a chance, anyone, just go and have a look for it. Google that test. Just Google Thomas Test 1938-39. It'll pop up. And then you'll just see some of the most amazing stats you'd think possible. It's, it's, 
Justin Crandall. <laughs> there was a hit wicket in there too, you know, oh. just, just to make it even better. But there was um, three centuries in that second inning by um, England. Uh, Billy Edridge got a double ton. Wally Hammond, 140. But yeah, Les Ames and Brian Valentine were about to bring the, the Pommies home and bloody uh, war started. That's, a, that's 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 remarkable, uh, Robbie, and that's one definitely uh, all you cricket librarians out there get on the get on the Google, get on the internet, and check it out. And ten days of Test cricket, no result, Robbie. It's <laughs> <laughs> just I, I just love that. That is that is outstanding. I could, could, couldn't imagine the um, the fitness levels required to keep going over 10 days of cricket. I think there was two rest days in that. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, okay. I think there was a, but how good's the wicket? Yeah. The wicket? <laughs> oh, the, cu- the curator. He'd be loving oh. it. But anyway, let's, but I do, let's encourage. Hey, imagine our good friend Dylan. He'd have to take almost his full annual leave to go and watch that game. <laughs> he would. <laughs> oh. Oh. Now, now we're we're out of time, Robbie. We we oh, I shouldn't say we're out of time. We're we're nearly out of time. Uh, uh, four or five day backup for Australia. Uh, how do you think things are shaping up for the third test? Are you expecting us to see any any changes to either side? Uh, and will we see a result in this test series, or you're not so sure just yet? Um, I, I, I'd like to see the finger spinner Ashton Agar come in. Um, yep. I, I probably I, I'd watched a bit of Mitchell Swepson this season bowling, and I, I, I'm probably not as look at he he's quite accurate, but he just doesn't have the tricks in his game yet to to get that to crash through and. You know, I think he bowled well over 50 overs. He didn't get a wicket in that second inning. Leg spinners don't prosper on the subcontinent. That's a fact. Um, you know, unless you're Anne Kublai. Um, <laughs> so I, I'd be keen to give Ashton Agar a go because it also strengthens your batting up. Um, and I think that taller finger spinner left arm, you know, it just gives a bit of variety. So, yeah, but other than that, look, I thought, yeah, I thought Australia played well. They played really well. Uh, they bowled well. Uh, the batting effort was good, didn't do much wrong. The wicket again was the winner, just in a great game. Yeah, and I hope we bat first, though. I would like to try it again. Um, it would be interesting to see how we go batting second compared to how Pakistan handled it. And so I, this, I, I think yeah. that was possibly a factor in not enforcing the follow-on. I think there may have been some trepidation around how we'd go about Batting at the tail end of the game, if we needed to, I don't, I don't, yeah. know. I don't know for sure. I don't have any insight intel on that. That was that was just my feeling at the time. Well, it is time for us to go, Robbie. Ha- have a great evening. Uh, what's left of it, and yeah. I'll <laughs> uh, uh, look forward to catching up again next week. Enjoy your commentary over the next uh, few days. And from Matt Ellis and Robbie McKinlay, it is bye for now. <laughs>